I'm Claire Manship. And I'm Ian Brodsky. And this is The Thing That Happened This Week. The show where everyone brings a story from the past seven days and we break it down. So please, no flash photography and please unwrap your candy now. Okay. Okay. I had a thought on the way over here. Okay. Never start as a show that way. Guns a blazing. I'm I'm intrigued. You hooked us right away. We're coming in hot. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. So I was. What is this? I'm doing like claw hands. Okay. I'm very excited about this. Clearly, uh-huh. I was on my way here. I was on West 70th Street. I was headed toward Central Park West to hop on the train to mm-hmm. get to you. And on the way, I just had this thought because I saw this thing. I saw this couple breaking up in front of their building, which could have been a thing that happened this week, but my thing that happened this week is, like, better than that. Okay. (laughs) Because this is, like, pretty typical New York. But I walk by. They're having a breakup, right? And I was thinking, like, is there – does New York allow us to have any – anything sacred? No. Anything private or – but is that on them that they're out front of – this siren siren is not not where you are. Yeesh, already a siren. I know, just... I'm keeping it in, whatever. Yeah. This is real, folks, this, this is, is raw. This is, we're doing it live. This uh, is podcast. Yes. Um, <laughs> How many, wait, this is like a year now. Yeah. We've been doing this a year and every episode there's a siren. Yeah, Has well, there ever been an episode without one? I think like one. I think I wonder, we had like one recently where we didn't have to say it. When I was in France it. and there was silence. <laughs> no, but there was a siren in that episode. I remember the soundbite that you sent me. I was like, ooh, a French ambulance, how mm. quaint. That was when we were in Germany, a German ambulance. In German, oh, a German ambulance. A German ambulance. Yes. Okay, so anyway, I was just thinking, like, she's there clutching, like, a throw pillow and, like, some Timberland boots. And she's, How did she get a throw pillow outside? I don't, I don't, I think she was moving her shit out. Oh. And she had, like, some stuff with her. She's, like, clutching it, right? Like, a small dog or baby or whatever. Sure. And she, not actually, but a pillow and some boots. And she's saying to him, like, I mean, tears stream on face. She's like, I don't want to say goodbye. And I could, like, read her lips. That's how dramatic it was. Because I'm, like, listening to the Gilmore yeah. guys, right? Anyway, I was just wondering what your thoughts were. Um, No, nothing is sacred here or private. Because I watched, like, two couples break up in the past month, like, on the subway platform. On the platform? Yeah, on the platform Whoa, slash Tama. on the train. Like, Actually, you know what? I did see a breakup. Was it last night or the night before at the top of the subway stairs? And I was like, yeah. look, okay, like, I know you're having a moment, but, like, you like, can't stop at the top way. of the stairs. Right? Like, fuck you. Like, you can't stop at the top of the stairs. Like, yeah. like, uh, like, uh, <laughs> that's, exactly. That's the no. sound of me, like, having a moral like, compass. Like, I'm <laughs> at, like... Like, imagine, like, being like, excuse me, I'm sorry, to, I'm sorry to, like, break up, oh, no, sorry, wrong words, I guess, um, uh, I'm sorry to, like, interrupt, I'm but... sorry to break this up. <laughs> okay, only, only we would find that funny if right? you walk up to a couple that's in the like, middle of a breakup and you're like, oh, sorry to oh, break sorry this. To break, oh, oh, me, oh, shit, did I do that? <laughs> my bad. Either way, you're in my way. Please move. That was my stitch does Urkel. Don't know do that. That was like some golem realness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did I do that? My precious. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I don't know why. I still, I'm so, I think it's the nails. Yeah, you have new nails. I put on, so the 90s are back. French tips are hot. And I, <laughs> I put on these like dragon nails today. They're actually really short, but I, I'm talking with them like I, like I'm, <laughs> like I'm pulling like something You're like yeah. Yeah, you know, like claw talking. Yeah. Clocking. Clocking. You know, like claw. Yeah. That might be the episode title. Okay. Let's see if our guest has something more interesting. Yeah, sure. I always come up with an episode title in like five seconds, and then I think about it like an hour and a half later, and I'm like, that was a horrible idea, Claire. Why did you commit to that? Well, 
We got a whole episode ahead of us. The oh, night is we young. do, honey. The night is young and so are we. Yes, it's true. Any other interesting thing? Today was your day off. Today was my day off. Thursday's and always your... We, listeners at home, we record on Thursdays. Yes. And Ian always has a day off. And I, I always have the busiest day. Yes. Well, because I used to have my teaching job on Thursdays, so I would just like block myself off so I could like have the day... Yes, do my devoted listeners of the show will remember. Yeah, what, remember all the traffic drama that I all the qualms you through. had to go teach dance. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think it's for the best. I really no, do. I do too. I was talk- I've been talking to like friends about, it and it's just like it's just time. And that I might have been the boss. shadiest way I've ever said. Like I think it's for the best. No, and like, <laughs> but like it is, and like I spoke to my boss about, it and she's like, "You're a young man. I've known you all your life. Like, you know, like, I don't expect you to do this." For the rest of your life, so well, and it was so cool of them to be so cool about yeah. you. Like, come, and I found them a replacement too. So coming like, out of Manhattan to go into like that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot it to is. cross any bridge. Like, don't yeah. ask too oh, much God. of me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe if I had a car. Our guest right? has a car. Our guest has a car. <sighs> Right. to live that life I swear. and you know what he does he traded in I'm gonna blow up his shit he traded in a, a Mustang for another Mustang Oof. one Mustang per- damn Mustang a la Mustang yeah delicious like one for one <laughs> you can yeah. laugh I was gonna oh, say you're you allowed to laugh welcome oh, okay good I wasn't sure <laughs> but yeah can you imagine how how many shenanigans we would get in if we had a car here in the city uh, yeah that would be trouble that trouble in the city. Trouble in the city. We were just talking about that song. What? What song? Trouble. Trouble. Right. Trouble. Oh, trouble from Music Man. I'm like, trouble in the city is a song. Did I miss like a whole part of the '90s? Oh, if they're gonna start this P90X shit upstairs again, I'm gonna lose no, my fucking mind. No, I think they did it earlier today. Okay, they better. You already burned calories. Give it up. <laughs> just stop working out. Just stop. It's, wor- it's useless. That's what I did, and I started booking, honey. <laughs> okay. <so laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, so we always have these people upstairs that are always making these sounds. I can't even imagine. I feel like a mouse in my... Actually, you know what? We have mice in between the floors in our... In oh, our, yeah? We always have. I mean, like, it's a pre-war. Like, who gives a fuck? Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a pre-war walk-up, okay? We're not looking for anything really nice. Right, yeah. Um, But these... Every time I think about, like, the mice between the floors, they're, like, making more noise than I make. Like, yeah. Walk, like, even when I have worked out in my apartment, I used to do that... What was that thing? Oh, on Hulu. It was called Daily Burn. Oh, yeah, yeah, This yeah. episode of the podcast brought to you by Daily Burn. And it was actually really fun, but I just, like, I, I'm, I'm not going to do that every day. No, no. I, like, I, the one productive thing I did today was go to the gym, and I was just like, I'm going to run and then, like, see what I feel like doing, and then I'm just going to go home because it's my day off. And I just feel weird. Like, I have roommates. Our common space. See, this is the fucking thing, Okay. I don't want to put anyone on blast, but I consider common space not to be a place that you hang. Like, okay. unless we're all, like, one or two of us are, like, two or three of us are doing it all at the same time, and it's, like, common time. Sure. But you can't just, like, hang in the common space all the time. Like, if we each have bedrooms, you know? Okay. Like, sure. Like, share the time. I don't know. Sure. You have a huge common space, so it's not I that do, much I do, but drama. I also, like, my roommate is never here. Yes. I think that common space is, is, okay, yes, like, we all have a chance to sit in it at some time, but if there's any... If you ever feel an ownership over the common space, it means you're spending too much time in the common space. I, I get that, yeah. And I'm talking about it like it's a dorm, but that's kind of how I see it. Like, we li- like it's nicer shit, and, like, I have yeah. stemware, but, like... In a way, totally, yeah. I wish the people at home could see... 
the stank is I'm very thinking. like gesticulative today. It's just, ooh gesticulative. Yeah. Yes, SAT word. You know what I read? Tell me. That oh fuck, is it UCLA or Yale? I can't remember. It's a good school. It's a good Great. law school. Cool. Maybe it's all law schools. All right. And they were just using those as statistical whatever. But I read in the Times, I think this morning, I think it was the Times, that, um, you know, the New York Times. New York like, Times, we record no this big. podcast like in New York. It's no <laughs> it's big. in an island, like floating out there with like rich people. <laughs> so you were reading the Times? I was reading. I'm like loopy as shit tonight. You are. Wow. Okay. It's because we have Jeff here and I'm so excited to see him. It's great. So, <laughs> I read it, right? in the Times that law schools are thinking about waiving the LSAT scores. Really? I promise this had a through line. I mentioned SATs and then LSATs. Okay. They're going to, like, some law schools are thinking about waiving the LSATs as a point to make more people apply to school because a lot of people aren't because they think they can't afford it. Okay. And so this won't, like, solve the debt crisis, yeah, but all. it will make it possible for a lot of other people to pursue a career that would then, down the line, pay for bills that happened sure in the past yeah I mean there's a lot of talk lately about like doing away with the SATs because it's not like it's a reflection of how you take a test not a reflection of who you are what your academics are or whatever I think um, we talked about this on the show before but did, did, did you did take once. the ACT and the SAT I did but I kind of gave up on my ACT like midway through which is funny because it's spelled act it, I know right <laughs> Well, that's part of it. It was like, I knew I was going to go to school for ACT, and I was like, I don't need this ACT. Yeah. Well, for me, people were like, why aren't you taking any AP courses? And I was like, I'm going to a conservatory. Right. If you don't know, a conservatory. And then I went to a private liberal arts. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I went to a public liberal arts school. I went to, we went to fancy school. We we did, yeah. Fancy school, yes, where you have to take all the subjects, except gym. Except gym. I got a D in college statistics because really? I used to turn around to, hey, Chris Kalfas, to this guy who sat behind me, Chris Kalfas, who was a music theater major, and we used to play Seven Degrees to Kevin Bacon, Ooh. all class, but I got a D, passing. Yeah, technically, you <laughs> hey, didn't Hey, Elon, magna cum laude. Yeah. <laughs> On the board of the alumni. Oh, relations. I had ribbons around my neck when I graduated, honey. Fuck statistics. Chords on chords on chords. Also, psychology. Got a D in psych. My teacher was kind of hot, but he was a sub from FSU or something. And I was mm-hmm. like, what are you doing at Elon? Like, those worlds couldn't be more different, meaning the curriculum mm. probably should be different. I don't know. I don't Do you know. think Psych 101 is the same at a giant state school as it is at I, a tiny private? I wish I had an answer to that because I wish I had taken a psych course in college. But I was just too, like, wrapped up in my own bullshit. The one I was into was sociology. Same. I still wish I like, And, like, I went to a liberal arts college where they're like, spread your wings, Take as many courses and as many subjects as you can. And all, like, the music and the theater majors were like, gotta do my studio. Gotta do this. Like, gotta focus in on my acting and on my craft. <laughs> um, so, like, I look back. I'm like, I wish I had taken, like, Psych 101 or Sociology 101. But I never did. And I guess I'm just going to have to live with that now, aren't I? I always want to smack myself whenever I use the word craft now. <laughs> really? This is my craft. Like, I'm crafting something. Like, <laughs> It's so glib, isn't it? It's like the glibest know. thing we can say. Most I glib guess. or glibest? 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 It's the glibiest. It's the most glib. Hey, glibiest. Glibs on glibs on glibs. Glibs on glibs, honey. Yeah. Okay, guys. We are the luckiest. I say this every week because every guest we have. Honest, awesome. I feel very lucky. Yeah. All the time. Luckiest, luckiest time of my life. Um, that being said, we have an incredible guest. 
I am so excited he agreed to come on the show because he has the busiest fucking schedule of anyone I have ever co- constantly, constantly working and making that paper, honey. Yes. Okay. Please welcome a luxury New York City real estate broker. He is the head of his own team at Century 21. He's the manager of the rental team there. He is so talented, actor, singer, dancer, on his time away from the real estate office. The former Shrek of the Shrek National Tour. Please welcome Jeffrey Zicker. Thank you guys so much. Okay. I appreciate welcome. you guys having me. Oh yeah. my God. Literally, any t- doesn't he have a great voice? I know. <laughs> I know. I know, just one of those like... Full. Right. Full voices. Yeah. Honey, full out. And like another life, I would have been a voiceover artist, but that's I mean, that's another life. It's a different still, time. It could still be this life. That could be this life. Oh, you, you never know. You know what voice this reminds me of? Rob Riggle. A little bit. You know what I mean? Like a less Rob militaristic Riggle? Rob Riggle. Rob Riggle uh, voices American Dad, right? No, that's Patrick Warburton. Oh, damn. So who am I thinking of? Rob Riggle? Rob Riggle was, is a... Um, does voice... He does voiceover stuff, I know, but um, he's the correspondent from like Daily Show, and he does all the comedy stuff. And oh, right. got it. He's in like got all it. of those like thing. Like he's in that Comedy Central family that you see everywhere. And he did Wet Hot American. I think so. Some... Fuck, maybe I don't think I'm thinking about. Robert. See, I would love to do like the previews before movies, like in a time when only the strong survive. Right? Yes. Yeah. Oh my god! Wait, That's lean perfect. in and do it again. In a time when only the strong survive, <laughs> there is one man. Who can defeat them all? Justin Bieber. <laughs> and I don't know. And then we can come up with whatever, whatever oh, amazing cast we want. It sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's my dream. Right. Ooh, maybe I could like cut it together where there's like a dun dun dun. Do it. Do it. I do, it means I would have to go find public sound. Right. And blah, blah, blah. Which is a mess. Yeah. You know, yeah. I did that for our last guest. Our last really? guest needed something bleeped, which we'd never had a bleep in the show before. Oh, really? And he happened, we ran into each other at the coffee shop and I was like, okay, all right. Like I need to know where this is falling. And, and he told me I could bleep it. And then I went and I, and I bought free bleep. Ooh, free you know, bleep. You know, like free public. What did he say? Donald Trump? No, I well, wish. Yeah, now we have a we'd want to bleep. bleep. We'd want to bleep that one out. Yeah. My God. Things, you know what? We do a really good job of talking about everyone except Donald Trump. Except yeah, I think a, that's a good policy. Except election week, man. Except we had, election we week. We had yeah. trouble. I think that's a good policy. Because everything that happened this week was kind of, yeah. That was sad. That yes. Was a, that was a rough oh. week. That being said, I keep up with Jeffrey on social media because he is a Facebooking machine. It's how he does a lot of his brokering business. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that for a minute because the reason I was reminded was because we also talk politics on Facebook. Yes, all and, the time. Yeah, and I love that you're so open with with just like human interest and interaction and your business all simultaneously. I think you're like a social media genius, frankly. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, you know, that that's the thing. that That's kind of why I love what I do is... Um, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, did you go into real estate for the money? Well, yeah, that's fine and good too. But you know, it's, it's your home, it's your safe haven. It's, it's the, the roof over your head and it's the largest allocation of funds that you're going to spend every single month or, or the largest purchase that you're ever, ever going to make in your life. And so the biggest connection you can make is, is on a human level. And as a former actor, we're so used to doing that and learning how to read people and, and learning what really gets people to click. It's really kind of been a natural transition into the real estate industry and, I just, I love people. That's that's why I do what I do. You know, I, cool. I sell real estate, but I'm in the business people, or the people business first. It's really tempting because every time, and Ian, Ian knows when my eyes light up over cute apartments, then... Yeah. Yeah, honestly, everything he posts is so Pinterest perfect. For real? And, and honestly, honestly... He will post a really sweet message and be like, guys, this crazy thing just came across my desk and I have to tell you about it first because I'd rather rent an amazing apartment to someone mm-hmm. that I care about. 
And yeah. And, yeah, and I was like, we gotta get him on the show. We, uh, and, yeah. <laughs> we gotta. Ian, what? Like, do you have any any questions? We have a broker in our midst. Oh, don't God, we have crazy I don't know. questions? Like, I feel like I block out like the, the <laughs> searching process because then someone just asking that, I'm like, uh, it sucked, and I'm glad it's over. Like, yeah. Well, how long have you been here? Um, it'll be two years as of November. In I, I, as of two years, two years <laughs> as of November. The people at home can't tell, but I meant your apartment, not New York. But yes, no, your apartment, no, my apartment you've been two here years. for yes, two years. Yeah, and then New York. I mean. Four to twenty. You've got a really great space, and Thank and you. I, I knew this building just when you gave me the address as a K and R management building, and yeah, they, their apartments tend to be really large, and they tend to be rent stabilized. They so are. I wouldn't leave if I no, were I am like I'm holding on to this. Yeah, thing for dear I, life. I would do that. Like, I mean, we can cut this part of it, but like, they raised my rent like twenty dollars. Yeah, and I'm like, do I even like bother like negotiating about a lot that? of these are a lot of these are at max legal rents in in a lot of their buildings, mm-hmm. so they're you tend to get. Really killer deals. Yeah, so I mean, I love that at all. I think it's very interesting. Cool. No, I mean, I love it. Like, I I really like this place, and like, it it felt like a unicorn of a thing that like just appeared in our lap. And this place and the last place I lived on my own in New York were like that. Just kind of fell into my lap, and I was like, well, I'll apply. I probably won't get it. And here we are. And this is a two bedroom, right? Two bedroom. If you don't mind me asking in public on the air, because since that's what everybody asks in New York, yes, here. What are you paying rent? Uh. All to, uh, the total. Total seventeen hundred and change. Do not ever leave. Average yeah. average yeah. two bed apartment leave. in Upper Manhattan now rents for about twenty four hundred a month. Fuck. Yep. <laughs> We're never gonna make it out no, alive. No. So I would I would hold on to this for the oh, rest of yes. your life. Hell yeah. Except okay, hold on. Before we get to my many questions about real estate. Go on. Jeffrey, let's just determine for the people at home and in their cars and walking on their commute. How qualified are you to be telling us this? Very qualified, right? Tell us all of your jobs, all your buildings, all your amazing experience. Sure. Yeah. So I actually, I got started around the real estate industry when I was really young. Uh, My mom has been an agent in Las Vegas for close to 30 years. Cash. Um, Family business. It it really is a family business. And everybody always joked with me. They're like, oh, are you going to go into real estate like your mom? And I was like, no. (laughs) And it ended up being exactly what I fell into, and it was the best decision I ever made in my life. Um, so my, my mom has owned her own firm in Las Vegas for probably close to 20 years. So I grew up around the business. I grew Yeesh. up around a, a successful team. And um, so I got into the industry probably about two and a half years ago. And I started out because most of my friends are poor, broke actors, um, doing a lot of you know low budget Upper Manhattan rentals. Kind it's pretty of pretty on brand for us. Yeah, Ian and I just both nodded. I'm thinking, yeah. yeah, poor actors. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. yeah. I, really I mean, listen, I was one of them. I get it. Yeah. So um, the I fact s- that I have like eight hundred dollars saved right now is like major work for me. Right. Major yeah. work, and it was all from the same contract. Yeah. When they offer you money, just set it. Just set yeah, it aside. Just take yeah, it. Sock it away. Because something horrible will happen. Always. And you oh, need yeah. it. It's New York. <laughs> It's New York. Yes, rock bottom is only a weekend away. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> or if you get like one good residual check, it's like just yes. put that in a place you can't when touch When you got it, that beginning again it. residual, were you just like, when it went to showtime, right? That was your big check. I, yeah, and there were two of them. There were two checks. And when that happened, I was like, well, that paid for this move, first of all. Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, because my roommate and I knew we wanted to move, and then we got that, and I was like, I'm just not going to touch that until like... Smart. Until the right apartment comes along. Mm-hmm. He's so. a lot smarter than I am. I've already spent like everything I made <laughs> on my last job. So I, I started out doing a lot of lot of low-end rentals. And then I started getting in with some of my friends' landlords with apartments that I had already rented to them. 
acting as a tenants agent. And so in the past couple of years, I've built up a portfolio of, of close to 50 buildings between Manhattan, Brooklyn, and Queens, um, which to boil down probably is just shy of 4,000 apartments in total that I personally represent. Um, and then my other world where I, I really want to and really like to live is high in luxury sales. So I specialize in sales over 3 million. Um, so I focus a lot, particularly on the Upper West, Upper East Side, um, Hell's Kitchen, Tribeca, and Soho. What will 3 million buy you in New York City? Well, to put it into perspective, New York City on average sells for about $1,700 a square foot. Um, So if you buy a 1,000 square foot one bedroom apartment, which is good size, that would run you about 1.7 million in most places. Um, 3 million in Tribeca will buy you about 1,000 square foot one bedroom or studio. Um, It just really depends on the neighborhood, but it's in lower Manhattan and in the higher price neighborhoods, it won't buy you very much. But up here in uptown, I mean, $3 million will buy you a, a palace. Yeah. yeah. Would you say that what we see on Million Dollar Listing New York, Ryan Serhant mm-hmm. and Frederick Eklund and now Steve Gold, would you say that they're, obviously they're dramatized, but their experiences in sales, it's, it's accurate to the square footage and to the deals? I would, say, I would say the information that's on there is 100% factual. Okay. I don't close deals in restaurants. Um, that's not exactly how that happens, and deals aren't closed in a matter of minutes. I mean, sometimes they are. I think that's the housewives' influence over there. Is that a if little we have bit. a conversation, we have to go to a meal, but you won't see us eating it because we finish before we order anything. Right. So <laughs> there are some things I can tell that are like deliberately staged on the show, but I would say it's about seventy-five percent accurate of how the business operates. That's wow, great. it's a very shark-filled city. Um, I did catch one inconsistency on the show. If anybody wants to go back, this is really fun. Um, so when Steve Gold um, had that co-listing with Lori, who's another commercial broker at Town Residential, yes, and it was that such... sixteen million dollar two bedroom. Yes, Do you remember and it, that? I just watched the episode. It was from earlier this season yep. because Steve Gold is a new broker on the show. Ian's looking at me like this is crazy. Go on, Bravo your life, honey, because you're gonna get it. Um, <laughs> but essentially, there's this new broker on the show, and he comes in as like a young former model hotshot, mm-hmm. and one of his first major listings. The person tells him it's going to be direct to him when he goes to uh, see the apartment for the first time. And then after, she's like, so what are you thinking about price? And they're way off on their decision about price. And he goes, where are you getting this number? And she goes, oh, well, actually, I kind of like already told someone else that I would co-list it with them if you would agree. And it's someone from his office that isn't commercial and not residential real estate. Yeah. And there was like this crazy, like, she, like they just did not work well together at all. They got it sold, so like whatever. But it was, yeah, it was crazy. Well, so if you watch that episode on the show, um, sorry, Bravo. I hope nobody gets upset at me for this because I would love to take Ryan Sirhan's spot on the show when he leaves uh, and, and start <laughs> sell, sell it like Sirhan. Just saying. I mean, he just got married. Like, it's time, you know? Oh, he's got his own new show coming out. If you watch his Instagram feed, he's sell it like Sirhan's going to Frederick hit. is my, is my bae. Frederick is the better broker, I think. Um, sorry, Ryan, I love you. I think you're amazing. <laughs> I think Frederick is a masterclass to watch in terms of how to how to structure the art of the deal and, and as a broker. Um, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of Steve Gold. Sorry, dude. Aw, um, Steve. But, but Ryan and Frederick are amazing. We saw a rare... And you know what's interesting about brokering in general? Like, I, the one thing I know about you, and if people asked me, like oh, how's Jeffrey doing? I'd be like, I'm assuming he's great, but he's so busy, I wouldn't be able to ask mm-hmm. him. 
it was a really rare peek into the life of a broker when Steve Gold went home to see his parents in the last episode and you got to see him mentoring his sister who has mental disabilities. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, this is so different for both Bravo, but also to think about a broker away from sales listings. Yeah. Like that that's crazy. Mm. Yeah. It's weird. I feel like when I when I take a step back or take a day off, I'm like, what am I doing? I need to be closing deals. Like I need to be at the office. I need to be working. Because if you're not closing deals, you're not collecting checks. And it's it's one of those situations where like I, I personally have never been satisfied with just being mediocre. I always have to be number one at every single thing that I do. Yeah. So if I'm not working 16 hours a day and I'm not, you know, working to get more landlord accounts or, or to get more new big listings, then I feel like I'm, I'm severely slacking. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to take a step back. Um, God bless my girlfriend for, for putting up with me in, in that. I, believe me, she's a saint. <laughs> um, what was I going to say before? Oh, okay. So let's talk about, we were talking about earlier holding on to an apartment where your rent is like yes. choice. But if you had advice for people who do have to move rent to rent or mm -hmm. are looking to buy, or like what are like the top three to four things you want to like scream in the ear of every New Yorker? 100%. So um, number one, if you can afford to buy in New York City, you should. It's very difficult. 80% um, of our market share here. Here's, here's some fun factual information. Hope everybody who's listening, stop your run and write this down. 80% um, of New York City's market share is made up of co-ops. So if you're not familiar with the difference between a co-op and a condo, condos, when you buy a condo, you're buying the physical four walls around you. A co-op, you're buying equitable shares into a corporation. And you're technically leasing the space from that corporation. And you're part of the corporation. board, right? There As are boards in a co-op, but you aren't necessarily a part of the board. You can become a part of the board once you move in. So your neighbors could technically be deciding who your other neighbors correct, are. Correct, correct. Okay. The reason for that Weird. is, here's why, is when you buy a condo, let's say you default on the mortgage, right? And the bank comes and they foreclose. They come back and take back that unit because it's real property. You defaulted on that unit. When you default on a co-op, the whole building goes into foreclosure because it's not like... <laughs> Yeah, it's, you're not purchasing real property. The picture that Jeffrey just drew, his whole hand moved up into the air. Like, I could imagine all the floors are flooding. Yeah. And, and the water moves back over deck E and D yes. and C. <laughs> and back over the bulkhead. And the bulkhead. Oh Titanic will flounder oh in an hour, maybe two. <laughs> two at most. <laughs> it kills me. Well, so the, the reason the reason I say if you can afford the down payment and you can afford to buy is because co-ops have very strict financial regulations on to who they let into the building. Most of them have 20, 30, 40, 50 percent down regulations. Some Fifth Avenue buildings are all cash um, where you have to have five times <laughs> really? the purchase. Yeah, you have to have five times the purchase price so in liquid. only Bernie can live there. Right, Exactly. <laughs> Madoff or Sanders? Ba Madoff. No. <laughs> Bernie Sanders wouldn't ever live there. And no. he doesn't have the money to live there anyway. Oh, God love Bernie. He wouldn't want to. No. This is not Vermont. See, that's the difference between any other American. And see, okay, for an actor, I thought Bernie Telsey at first. When it came out of my mouth, I was uh, like, I wonder if people would think of Bernie Telsey, the casting director. <laughs> and then the other, and then you were like, oh, Bernie Sanders, like the most recognizable Bernie in the world. And I was thinking right. like Bernie Madoff, like a shamed and darkened, like closeted yeah. jailbird. Like, yeah. There's actually, believe it or not, one of the things that my job has taught me is there's a lot more money in the city than I think even most people think. Mm. They know it's it's a city of millionaires and billionaires, but there's there's more people making a million dollars a year here than, than you probably realize. I read, a, maybe it was a year or two ago, it was 17% of residents are millionaires or something, and I, that 40 I actually, or 45% of like the world over millionaires and billionaires own 
real estate here. I would actually expect that number to maybe be a little bit higher. Um, maybe so, yeah. Yeah, Forbes just put out a list of the top 50 maybe most was, expensive zip codes in the United States. Do you think it was like and net millionaires? Like after Possibly, all their yeah, okay, yeah, possibly. And, and Manhattan specifically actually had 22 of those 50 zip codes. Whew. Oh, wow. So we, we were very, very, very expensive. <laughs> 10011, yeah. honey. Yeah, right? <laughs> so that would be my first piece of advice. Second piece of advice is rent is a throwaway. When you book that first Broadway job, when you finally first come, in, come into a paycheck, do not go and rent the most expensive apartment possible. It's, you're never going to get that money back. It, it's a complete and total waste. I say save your money, invest it in the markets. Your money will always do better in a marketplace like in a mutual fund or an ETF um, or in real estate than it will in rent because that's money you're just going to throw away at the end of the day. You can have the doorman and, and the swimming pool and all that stuff later. For now, save up because New York is a very, very expensive city. Yeah. And what steps, when you and Tyler were moving here a couple of years ago, like what steps did you have to plan for with the check that you mentioned? Like your money from your major feature film, you like yeah. set to the side. Mm-hmm. Was it all all gone? Like what no, different fees um, did you have? Um, well, we got a solid deal on the broker because um, we met him through another friend. He was like, I'll cut you a deal. And we're like, thanks. What was his um, percentage? I forget, like somewhere between eight and ten. That's great. Like, yeah, it was. That's amazing. Unreal. That's generous. Yeah. It was unreal. Um, I mean, we only had to do first month and security deposit, which is standard. Super which is standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, we borrowed like, like I didn't buy anything new for this place. Really, mm-hmm. um, we took pretty much everything from our apartment, which was like a third of the size. But yeah, I still had money like left over that like kept me going while and at that same time I was just getting settled into a new job I also had a gig going on like or I had just come back from another gig right outside the city of course like it was a cut like it was a sharp cut but it was it's overwhelming the sheer amount of money that they're talking about and we like we didn't like rent any movers or anything like we just uh Tyler's dad borrowed a pickup truck and we just like made trips and then I my did Manhattan letter. Mini Storage. This episode oh, yeah, brought to you by Manhattan Mini Storage right. because they will do a one directional, like as much stuff as you have, and as many times as you want, a free shuttle service, one directional. Really? So from the old apartment to the storage unit, and then from the storage unit when I was on contract, and then from the storage unit to the next apartment. So I just had to take the train to Times Square. Walk over to Manhattan Mini Storage, pick up all my shit, and I moved in like one fell swoop. If you wanna, if you wanna move in figure that'll make you throw up, I just did a rental down in Tribeca, probably to some of the nicest clients I've ever had. They were originally shopping for for something to buy for up to eight million dollars, um, but they ended up renting because they need their kids to be in a specific school district by a certain date so that their kids can get into PS two thirty four. Um, they just rented an apartment down at Tribeca, beautiful luxury building right on the water for twenty two thousand a month. Between first month, uh, security, all the building fees, and the 15% broker fee, it was $108,000 due at least signing. Dang. On a rental. But, I mean, they were shopping for an $8 million apartment. Right, like, yeah. That like, probably they probably would have been that. down sure. for... Sure. That's a scratch. So, so here's number three that I, I wish everybody knew about New York real estate. And this is a really common misconception because there's a lot of people that aren't upfront about this. There is no such thing as a no-fee apartment. I want to say that as loud and as clear as I can. I the landlord that. is absorbing Everybody that asks, oh, I want a no-fee apartment. I want a no-fee apartment. When you go online and you see something listed as no-fee, more often than not, what's happened is the landlord is paying that fee 
to either the listing broker, to a managing agent, or to a property manager. And then they roll that fee into the cost of the rent mm. to make it back in one year. So a lot of times you will actually get a better deal with an upfront fee than you will with a comparable no fee apartment. Do you huh. find that people who, that landlords and, and building managements that have a no fee listing available, is it likely because they're trying to get it off their hands? 100%. No fee listings move at about three times the speed as, as a full fee listing. I'll give you a 30 second antidote. That's exactly what I was Please. just saying. Go for it. So I had a listing, a uh, rental listing on 102nd and Broadway uh, last December. December is the for those that aren't in New York, this is a very desirable neighborhood. It's yeah. considered the like edge of the Upper West Side and the bottom side of Morningside Heights. Mm-hmm. And it, it hugs all these neighborhoods that are close enough to Columbia that your kid can go there, mm-hmm. but you're also far enough away that you don't you aren't near frat parties. Yeah. There's great eats, there's a lot of flagship shopping and beautiful houses. A lot of brownstones that were once townhouses have been broken into singular units. And that's exactly what this was. Yeah. Actually. So this was a this was a townhouse, uh, duplex, two-bedroom, two-bath apartment. It's 1,200 square feet with private outdoor space. We went on the market in December at $3,600 a month. The landlord didn't want to pay the fee, so we passed the 15% fee on to the tenant. We got no hits for almost two weeks. Oh, my Nothing. God. Really? I, I didn't get a single email. And two weeks is like the general good rental turnover. Correct. Yeah. Most, most things will move, depending on the price point, if it's sub-median, and by that I mean the sub-median of the market, it usually moves in under two weeks. I didn't get a single email for two weeks. Weird. So I go back to the um, I go back to the owner and I said, Dominic, you have to pay the fee. Yeah, Dominic. So <laughs> Dominic, thank you for listening to me. So what we actually did was we raised the rent to thirty nine ninety five to build in that fee to make it back in one year. The person who rented the apartment signed a two year lease. We rented it in two days wow. because it said no fee. Right? They signed a two year lease and now what they pay year over year. They're actually going to end up spending more money than had they just paid the full yeah, fee up front. Because, but they think they're, they're getting a their deal. Rent can only go up. Exactly. They well, think they're getting the a deal reason, because no fee. The only reason that that might be the better deal for them is if they don't have that cash up front. And sometimes it's a matter of like mm-hmm. dollars and cents. I sure. probably would have gone for that in that situation. I mean, if I was like shopping for a four thousand dollar apartment, right? <laughs> sure. I didn't want to kill myself, right? <laughs> But if I was if I was in the market for such a luxury, honestly, like I I would prefer to pay more in smaller increments because I'm not going to want to lose any cash at the front. That's from the mindset of a, a sure. poor actor. Sure, I understand but that. Yeah, yeah. I wonder, I wonder. But if you can afford it's that, a, like, like you should have thing. that money saved. Yeah. Like if you can like afford four thousand a month, like you should right? have that. Like, yeah. No judgment. <laughs> <laughs> Such a different world than what I live in, so. What is the craziest thing that you have seen in your apartment shoppings in the past, Ian? Like, what were some of, like, the weirdest things about Eunice that you saw? Um, I don't know about, like, weird things or, like, really out-of-character things. Um, just, like, different sizes and you're like, you want me to pay how much for this? Or, like, um... Sure. Or, like, um... Windows, when there's no windows! I've actually... That's, like, a deal, like, I... I was out of town and lived in a room that had no windows, and I know people who live in the East Village and pay twice what I do per month and, like, won't have a window. Yep. And I'm like, right. I will not do that. One of the bedrooms in my apartment doesn't have a window. One of my roommates so doesn't have a window. So it's technically not a room, right? Technically it's not. It, it technically at one point was, like, a California King master closet, but it's still mm-hmm. large enough for, for like, a, a full-size bed and really? desk and dresser. My first lease here in the city was up 156 between Broadway and Amsterdam. 
well, down from here, but up from where I live now, it was clear that the wall between my bedroom and my roommate John's bedroom was uh, like newer than the other walls. Like mm-hmm. it was just prettier. And our unit, we were both paying 800 a pop. And then mm-hmm. the second year, 850 a piece, which like 800, like amazing, like yeah. incredible. It was because it used to be a one bedroom. Mm-hmm. It was a reasonably sized one bedroom. It might actually have been a studio at one time and the walls that were to the living, to the common space or whatever were, were also newer. Um, but yeah, so they split our rooms and like, I don't need a lot. Like my room there was bigger than the one I have now. And I have about 70 square feet now. Mm-hmm. I've really packed into my room. You've seen pictures of my mm-hmm. room. Yeah. It's small, but like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like Nantucket chic. That's what I like yeah. saying. It's like organized chaos. And, um, yeah, I just remember we walked in and I remember being surprised there were no closets. And mm-hmm. he was like, well, he, he was like, the broker at the time was a friend of mine. He was cutting us like an 11% deal or whatever. And he was like, well, part of the reason why it's so cheap is because there's no closet. So if right. you're willing to go to Ikea and bureau it up. Yeah. 99 bucks. 800 bucks. Yeah. 800 a month yeah. is, is great. And John and I did great with that for a really long time. Mm-hmm. But the other reason it was so cheap, and I wanted to ask you about this. Yeah. I heard that, and it might be state by state law. Are brokers not allowed to comment on, like, the safety or, like, the neighbors or, like, the schools or anything? 100%. We, there are, there are 27 protected classes in New York City. And there are so few things that we can say. Like, if somebody walks into an open house and asks me, is this neighborhood safe? My, my response has to be, I legally am not allowed to have that conversation with you. But do you. you encourage people that are shopping around with you to, like, knock on a neighbor's door and be like, hey, like, sorry to bother you. I just, like, wanted to find out your experience in this building. Yeah, what I think is actually best, I think that's a great idea. I think what's, what's probably best is if you Google NYC crime map, the very first yeah. thing that will come up is the New York City police blotter. I did that for my neighborhood one time, and there were, like, yeah. grapes on every corner. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> really, pull up uh, that heat yeah. zone and, and take a look. Like, that's... That's the way we can we can discuss it is I can provide you with that information, but I can't legally discuss it. So the reason that that unit went so cheap mm-hmm. was because we were living next door to a halfway house. That'll and do it, it. it was an unmarked halfway house and we there was a party every single night. There was stoop culture, obviously. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that. There was a party every single night and um at one point, John was off doing a regional, like, contract, and it was, like, a couple nights before New Year's, like, we had a drive-by shooting. What? I told you the story, right? I, like, yeah, went out to help yeah, that yeah, guy, yeah. the 911 operator was like, don't go out there, and I was like, he's gonna die! Like, yeah. he died over, like, really That's sad. Oh, my God. It was so sad, but I remember, I called John, and I was like, buddy, I know our lease isn't up until July, but, like, I have to move, and we gave it to some subletters, and I, like held the lease and took care of the apartment and lived on the Upper West Side. Wow. I, like, moved away. And this, this was how many years ago? Like, three or three years ago? 20... I moved down to the Upper West Side New Year's Day 2015. Okay. Okay. And then I was out of that apartment. That was just a, a short-term sub... Or, I guess, longish. Sure. Nine-ish months until I found the next long-term solution. Got it. Which was back uptown. Yeah. But in, a, like, a safer... Just like, yeah, I live on a street. No, it's like funny because like I live like I live in like your old neighborhood, mm. and like my one of my best friends lives like where you used to live. Yes, and like I have no problem like walking like around the neighborhood. I feel like even like in the past two years, like it's already like 
turned over mm-hmm. like so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because like there's like this whole building has been renovated as like people move in and out. Um, there's a school right here. Like, schools and churches, honestly, like I didn't realize. I thought that it would be a nuisance to have a schoolyard across the street because we have a preschool. No, it's the best thing playground. possible. Yeah. It is the best. Across the street from my current building, there's a section where there should be eight or ten more buildings, but mm-hmm. it's an it's a community garden and the playground for the preschool. So there's like Aww. a very large section of the street that's considerably quieter because there's no one over there. Right. Yeah. And I thought the kids would annoy me, but man, they keep us safe, honey. <laughs> the worst thing that happened on that street was someone's apartment caught fire, and like if that's oh, the, yeah. you know if that's the worst of it, I which was all I was going to say that was a former thing that happened this way. That was on the episode we lost with Elijah. No. We lost an episode. Elijah Ahmad Lewis. Hey, EAL three sixty. Hey, um, he's out of Motown. Ah, Stevie Wonder. We lost an entire episode, of oh, him, and no. it might yeah. have been our best one at that time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. 100%. It was amazing. So, anyway, um, Jeff, is there anything else you want to throw out into, like, the universe about people, real estate, your life, your your work-life balance? Yeah. I mean, you know, my thing, I, I joke that I work a five to nine. Um, I, I try to, <laughs> instead of a nine to five, I try to get up as early as humanly possible every day. Um, my girlfriend works late nights, so sometimes it doesn't always work. Uh, we don't live together, but, you know, we spend enough time together. You know, like adults. Yeah. yeah. Like a, hashtag adulting. Um, so I try to get up as early as I can, go to the gym in the morning, try to get to the office by like 730. So that way, by the time eight thirty nine 9 o'clock rolls around, you know, I'm caught up on every email that came in overnight and everything I need to do for the day so that once the day's events hit, then I'm good to go. And then I usually work till six or seven. Um, I try to give myself Sundays, like Sundays are like my one downtime. I usually go to church in the morning from... Do you brunch it out after? Yep. Go to church, <laughs> go to church, go to brunch, and then I'm right back at it. That's so cool, cool of you though, to give yourself that time. I mean, you could really run yourself dry and haggard. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really easy to run yourself dry. Um, I think actually speaking, going back to million dollar listing, if you watched Ryan's episode last week, you know, he he's talked about how he's day. just, he's having this groundhog day. And, you know, I, it's definitely something I worry about, but I just, I love so much what I do that I wake up every day so excited to do it yeah. that I feel like it would take a lot for me to get there. But then again, I mean, Ryan's been doing this for 10 years. He started he started doing real estate when he was 26, which is my and same age. he was age. an actor too, He was an he? actor as well. And, and he's now been in the business for 12 years. Sells close to a billion dollars a year in real estate. Sure. <laughs> as yeah. one does. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> in my free time. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Jeffrey, wow. I just, I feel like I gained, it's overwhelming how much information just came through. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to sleep on that one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot. There's a lot to know. He is comatose with information. I am, and I'm also like, okay, cool. I never am going to leave my apartment. Great, great. Well, God, you shouldn't. (laughs) No, I I love this this place. It's a great space. And you know what's so crazy is when we first started recording the show here, I remember thinking, like, this space is so big, it's going to be echoey on the recording. And now when I listen to it, I'm like, yes, Ian, echoey apartment, tall ceilings and big space. This is where I do my choreography, like, pre-production for, like, every show. When you're watching Twin Peaks, you can ography right in the middle of the Exactly, and I do. (laughs) And I do. That's a good point. Yes. No, it's like, you know, the idea of staying in an apartment, it's... Obviously, it benefits me anytime a past client wants to move again, but it's actually the best compliment to me when people don't move. If they if they re-sign their lease, um, you know, then it means we found the right place the first time. I, I closed probably close to 160 rental deals last year, and of those 160, yeah, it's, it's a busy year. Honey! Um, 
of those 160, I'm only working with three repeat clients. So mm. to me, that says that we found the first place the right time. Wow. Or we found the right place the first time. Three yeah. out of 160? Yeah, three out of 160. Thus far. I mean, we're only I in August. that's a good but, statistic to mm-hmm. have. That's amazing. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel like we, we got the right spot off the get-go. Awesome. Do you know how Jeffrey and I met? How? We were in callbacks for an amazing regional job. And um, Jeffrey was actually up to play Shrek again at this place. Mm-hmm. And it came up in conversation that um, he doesn't come to auditions very often unless it's for like a role he loves so much or that mm-hmm. the job will pay a certain amount of rent. Which like obviously all of us are at that point in our career. You mm-hmm. know, like we like you don't want to go for something that is is a lateral move. Yeah. You, you know what I okay, so anyway. So we're talking about that. And then I was like, yeah, you know, I can't remember how it came up, but I think I was saying something about like, oh, I hope I get this because I need to save because I'm thinking about buying a place. Mm-hmm. And I just said that kind of like out into the ether. Jeffrey's sitting next to me and he's like, oh, well, huh, funny you said that. And he like flips out a card immediately and is like, here's my business card. Wow. If you ever want to buy a place, like I, I like a, this, I don't normally audition. He was like, I don't have time to audition because I'm selling so many houses. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> cool. And then, and then I was looking at it and I was like, wow, actually, you know what? Like, even if I can't move on this until 2018, like we met in like January, 2017. Yeah. Like, I think, yeah. you know, like I'm, it's that kind of interface that I oh, will yeah. remember. Like, of course I want it to be Jeffrey. You know what I mean? And you want to know a funnier anecdote? The person who is running that audition that day? Mickey! Mickey. Mickey Rafalski? Mickey Rafalski. Mickey will be joining my team in the fall. He no just way. got his real estate license. I convinced him. Oh, and he'll awesome. be coming to work for me in the fall. <laughs> so, yeah. So, he, the monitor is sitting across from us on another bench or whatever mm-hmm. at this studio. He's so cool. And, yeah, we're chit-chatting. And I could tell the guys, like, immediately bromanced. And I was like, all right, like, I'm going to, like, just look at my headshot and, like, just <laughs> I could tell. They were like, you know when you see, like, a genuine connection between two people and you're like, that never happens in New York. Like, I literally was watching it, like, amazed that two That's people awesome. found friendship. <laughs> like, just talking, you know. It was just, Aww, I mean, congrats. It was, a really, it was a really great Thank day. You. Yeah. I, I felt like there was an intervention that day. You know, like, when mm-hmm. when you're just thinking about something and, like, the person you need arrives. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate cool. it. Jeffrey, you have that spirit. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, that that's the thing is, like I said, I, I just really love what I do and I love helping people. You know, I mean, one of, one of the things that I do to gain new clients, actually, is kind of similar to what the way that we met. Um, when I leave work at night at 6 or 7 o'clock, I don't go out in my neighborhood in Hell's Kitchen. I'm, I'm not, like, going out to the bars and hitting the bars. I go out down in Tribeca. I go out down in Soho. I go out down in the financial district when everybody's getting off work and I'm trying to connect with people and I use my social time to try and meet new people. Mm. Um, I have a brand new $4 million buyer I'm working with that I met at Glasshouse Tavern. You know, so it's just happy hour and find those clients. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have like, I have a couple things that I'm really passionate about. And so I I like connecting with people on, on those things. Number one is theater. Um, I kind of joke that I'm, I'm enjoying becoming Broadway's broker. And I've helped mm. so many people. I've helped like half the cast of Book of Mormon find their That's apartments. Awesome. Um, oh my god, I cannot wait! You know how? Uh, <laughs> you know how? Um, oh fuck, what's her name? And she advertises at the AMC at Lincoln Square. Um, what's her name? Uh, 
Uh, Annie oh, gets it done. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I know exactly who you're talking oh my about. God. Okay, so uh, uh, it works Aaron, for her. Aaron cut Bill Lanane. Yep, that's her name. Uh-huh. And the fact that I remember that is insane because the only it other works. person, the only other person that advertises the movie theater is Barbara Corcoran. Barbara yeah, of Corcoran okay. of the Corcoran Group of yeah. fucking. But that's Shark Anne's team. like thing. That's her Anne thing. Cut Bill Lanane. Yeah, she goes, and I'll see you at the movies. And she pops some popcorn in her mouth. I can't wait. For you to have a full-page playbill ad, right. Broadway's book. Listen, I would love that. That'd be amazing. Oh my god, can we get that done? I actually, yeah, great. Over let's do it. Seriously, nice. let's get it. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh my god, I love you. Let's make it happen. Okay, let's make it happen. Okay, we'll cool. do it. Okay. Talking so, shop, talking <laughs> business on a So I, I love working with theater people. My other thing that I love is I'm a big car guy. Um, so, like you mentioned earlier, um, <laughs> yeah, you are Mustang a la Mustang. So yeah, yeah, I just treated myself to a new one. Um, but I also I belong to the Manhattan Auto Club. And so I, I chat with those guys and I, I befriend them because most of them are millionaires because I'm like the one low-level car in the club. Like everybody else has a Porsche 911 or an Aston Martin DB9 or, you know, something that's really exotic and special and I'm not Cat there. Ian, you know, right? Yeah. You were looking at that Aston Martin, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Right after I let my parents buy my... <laughs> 20, so 2007 Toyota Corolla off me. Yeah. yeah definitely. I I, Corolla today and a Moss tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. And my other big thing is watches. I'm, I'm a really big yeah. watch guy. Let's see your watch right now. Um, so right now I'm working wearing the uh, Seiko SSC <laughs> he's chronograph. Working, he's working it. Yeah. He said working. Um, it's actually the only quartz watch I own. Everything else is automatic. But um, like when I go out, I like wearing something nice. So I actually just bought my first Rolex. And I love connecting Here's. with people over that because when, when you go out, a lot of these guys in the financial district, they all have stories about when they bought their first Rolex, right? Like the Rolex mm-hmm. Daytona is sex to the hedge fund guys. They love that watch. All the hedge fund guys have a Daytona. So I, I, I enjoy... went out with an insurance broker one time that was like going to go down to Sotheby's and put a bid on, on a Cartier. He was like, oh, I'm like beyond Rolex. Yeah. I need this Cartier. I was like, <laughs> I mean, if I see someone wearing like a Patek Philippe or an Audemars Piguet, like, hey, how you doing? My name's Jeffrey and I sell luxury real estate. Um, But I I love walking up to somebody and if I see that they're wearing a Breitling or, you know, or some Mariner or something along those lines, I'll walk up and say, tell me the story of your watch. Tell me, Mm. tell me how you, you came to own it. That's amazing. And everybody has a story and then immediately a handshake begins and now a new relationship starts. I feel like I need to remember that because I love doing characters that are like, yeah, like, financial like preppy yes. like uh-huh. waspy folk I mean yeah. you are you are the Logan Huntsberger of this table I call myself <laughs> that's a really good analogy thank you honey I'll I be like here all week to, yeah I, I like to call myself the uh the waspy the waspy suburban Jew of uh fancy best buy <laughs> so Ian works at fancy best buy okay when Ian works at fancy best buy there's like I I would imagine you probably have a lot of like interpersonal connectivity in the same way that Jeffrey's selling real estate uh, yes. The one thing is, like, when when you say, I work at Fancy Best Buy, the immediate response is, what's wrong with this? And oh, they shove yes. a device so in your face. The, see, I've done this to Ian And before. I also don't work in, I don't do a customer-facing job, so, mm. like, it would be stupid right. to have me commission. <laughs> Can I take the first tangent? <laughs> yeah. And then we'll move on to the thing that happened this week. Um, <laughs> my best friend, uh-huh. Julie, hi there, sent me a text and we were uh, we were texting back and forth, and she goes, "Bear, I'm really upset." Like in the middle of a very pleasant conversation, and I was like, "Oh my god, what happened?" She sends me a screenshot where her phone, every time she opens up to send me a text, the phone has already predicted uh, who gives a fuck. <laughs> but what? 
but only yeah. but only on my name. And she was like, Bear, I'm really upset because I'm worried I'm going to send it to you and I don't mean that. And she was like, I don't know, like maybe it remembered a time when I was like, oh, Claire, like forget that fucking guy. Who gives a fuck? And it like remembered the sentence. So immediately I screenshot it. I sent it over to Ian and I'm like, Ian, what is going on with my friend's phone? And he was like, I don't, I, I don't know. You got to take it to the phone, people. I only work at Fancy Best Buy yeah. and not in that department. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, okay, well, I just, I don't want her to send that to me either. <laughs> but now it's like a joke between us. Yeah. Like, it'd be like, Bear, I had an amazing day. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Keeping me humble. Got oh, it. Okay. Jeez. Okay. Oh, I love you, Julie. Yeah. Okay. Thus endeth the, the first, first tangent. tangent. And now let us move on to the thing that, that happened, happened this week. week. 